Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. Jao Gomez is a legend. And so is Loris, apparently. There's VAR shambles again, but this time against big six clubs. Is this the beginning of the turnaround for Liverpool? And we're going to look at the full post-World Cup table. Gentlemen, what's up? Yo, what's good, boys? What's going on? Kyle, no one can see this, but for, you know, uh, us. And Kyle is wearing a beautiful TLC uh, shirt in honor of Valentine's Day. We're recording on Valentine's night, which we don't want those, those maybe says a lot about our love lives. Uh, two of us <laughs> are married. Um, one isn't, so it kind of sucks for all of us. I avoid the scrubs and, you know. Yeah, you do. Don't want no scrubs. <laughs> no. And you ain't, so you're good. That's true. All right. Well, let's jump right in. Uh, Kyle, you were tasked with watching Crystal Palace Brighton. <clears throat> uh, yes. Hit us up with your thoughts, man. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine little notes that I took during the game. I had more time to watch today i did have a long halftime personally meaning i had to take a big break and come back watch the second half but i did get a good watch in with more attention this time good um i'm i'm gonna start out with the kits big fan of palace's kits as you should be everyone loves like the design the colors are fine but just the design sick different I don't know. As the person that caught my eye was Palace's kit. I never had, I hadn't seen them like, I guess up close, but those are, those are fire kits. I like those. And then to be honest with you, I love that. Is, is that a mint green that Brighton is? What is yeah. that? Yeah. It's like, it's their away kit. So it's like not their traditional colors, but um, so it's an alternate, but that, yeah, it's like a mint, a, a light mint color kit. Yeah. I don't like green, but I'm a big mint green guy. And so that was a that was like a uh, very appeasing on my eyes watching those two kits. That's my first thought was two kits that I liked. Um, so, all right. Um, I have a question. I don't again. This is a completely ignorant soccer question. I have no idea. So my note says, how do substitutions work? Is it similar to hockey? I'm assuming it's not like line changes, but is it? There's certain times of the game where they can come in, they cannot come in. Is it? I know it's not like basketball where you just check in, but what? Are, how does that work? Yeah, so subs, they're not like hockey. You know, su subs in hockey, you just pop off the ice, pop on the ice, and you can make as many substitutions as you want in a game. Within uh, soccer, and this is actually new, uh, damn, it's windy. I'm outside. You guys hear that? I didn't until you said that. <laughs> no, not much. But substitutions in hockey or in soccer, it actually has changed. So it used to be only three subs a match. Um, and you can do them whenever you want. But individual, uh, like multi subs at one time subs. Three subs total in the entire match. So only three, only three guys off the bench can come into the game. Yeah, it used to be that. They've just recently upped it to five substitutions a match. You can't sub back in. So once you're off, you're off. And it can only happen five, five times a match. And you can only do three subs at a time. So you can't do like full five at a time, which wouldn't really make sense anyways. No. So How Go ahead. No, keep going. So there's a lot of strategy around substitutions. Um, if you have the, if you're afforded the luxury, sometimes you get an injury. Sometimes you get a red card and you have to make substitutions to kind of change your formation or replace someone who got injured. But go against your Yeah. Yep. It doesn't matter why that okay. doesn't matter why 
Uh, Chris, yeah. It does. There is the concussion substitution now. Is that still a thing? It is, yes. If a player has to leave the game because of a head injury or a concussion, uh, it does not count towards your five subs. Are you sure that's still a rule? I thought that was instituted when there was only two subs. It happened a week ago. Oh, it did? Yes. Okay. So concussion substitution does not count against your five. Um, So some of the strategy behind it is you'll see a lot of changes. If a team's really struggling, you may see a substitution at halftime. That happens on occasion. But typically you'll see subs around the 60-minute mark. And those are usually like some sort of uh, strategy change. So maybe you're losing. That fatigue. It could be fatigue, but usually it's more around the idea of we're winning. We want to preserve the win. So we're going to bring on some more defensive players and change our shape or we're losing or we need to win and we're tied and we need to uh, bring on some more offense. So you'll see that a lot. Um, and we'll get to what happened with Wolves this weekend, but uh, Wolves had to make some of these like substitutions because of a red card and because of uh, needing some more offensive po- firepower because they were losing. So, okay, and how many players are on the field at, at like, you know, NBA's five and baseball's nine? 11. 11. What, 11? 11. And then typically, so if you're 11 and then you get five, you can have bring it during the game. Like, what? how deep is a, is a bench typically? Like, I how many players? I think there's nine players on the bench. Um, I could be wrong on that, though. And what was your follow-up question? Um, that was it, I think. Okay. I was, yeah, my follow-up question was, yeah, how many people, how many players are on the on the pitch at once? Eleven. Eleven, okay. And then is it? Is it like designated offense defense then? Is it like, or is it, can defensive players score? How does that work? Yeah. So anyone can score. Um, You know, there are, there are defensive players. There's kind of three lines. So there's forwards, midfielders, and defenders. Now there's tons of nuance between all of those. And so, you'll hear something like four, four, two is a, is a positioning like strategy. It's kind of the most classic positioning strategy of a team. So it starts from the defenders. So it's four defenders, four midfielders, two attacking players, but you can have any sort of uh, formations. Usually it's between three to five defenders. And then at that, after that, you kind of build off of that. So, if you have five defenders, it might be a five, three, two. So five okay. defenders, three midfielders, two attackers. Okay. Or a, a four, three, two, one. And that's kind of like there's a striker, and then there's two players who play kind of right behind them. So they're all forward attacking players, but they're staggered back a little deeper. But the striker is like your main focal point on the offense. So, so that. All into striker then? Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. I never honestly as I was watching as I was watching today, I never really thought about like these simple aspects. Like it makes more sense now, but never really thought about it until today. Um no, that makes sense. I was curious about that. Um I do need to maybe correct myself and we might get you might be getting a text message from Stu Nate. Um I am now no longer sure if the concussion substitutions in EPL because I forgot I've been watching a lot of the cup games because that's what you know has been playing. Might have been a cup game that I happened in. So um, I think the concussion is not in the EPL. But Stu, we need you. Bad signal put out. I think they instituted that when there were still only three subs. And then when they added the, the five substitutions a couple of years ago, I think that's when they got rid of the con- the concussion substitution. Interesting. What else you got for us, Kyle? Um, 
So the first Brighton goal was cool. <laughs> like my notes literally I'm just gonna read what I have and I'm only putting BHA because I don't want to type right that's what the scoreboard says so make it easier to type less perfect um the a goal floated and I guess that's where you get the term bent right and it just bent its way in is that uh, am I being really really ignorant by saying that I know it's a movie title but is well is that is that a thing or no it is, yeah. You you'll hear people say they bend it in. Usually, those are on longer shots, like like that ball was moving. Yeah, that ball was moving a little bit, but like you'll see on like longer shots, it'll look like a curveball from a pitcher. It'll just start turning and just go in a corner or something. There's now when I'm throwing a curveball, I'm obviously holding the baseball and releasing it a certain way to get that movement. Is it kicked a certain way for that? Yeah. Yeah, so almost like think of how you would throw a curveball, like flicking it with your fingers and really following through. You're basically doing the same thing with your foot. So you're trying to wrap your foot around the ball to turn it how you want to do it. So it's the same concept, though, putting spin on the ball, letting the wind turn uh, the seams of the ball and just have it just start curving. I can't imagine being good enough to do that. It's same right. like in, like you can kick a ball to where it knuckles. Really? So that's a yeah. strategy too. Like you can kick it in the like, and it won't. It'll just knuckle through the air. Like intentionally? Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah, I've these guys seen are good. That. These guys are good. Yeah. Goodness, I, I didn't know that. I've never even heard of that in soccer. I, I have not seen it, or it's happened, and I didn't notice it. But that's wild. I didn't know that was a thing. Um. So I, I oh, my best bet was um was palace so i was cheering for palace um that's what i was texting you guys and i'm like i probably should stop my texting you guys i need to save this for tonight but i was upset because brighton scored and i hurt my bet and then i was off sides so then i got happy again <laughs> i didn't know it was off i had no idea <laughs> I, was happy. I didn't see it i didn't I, see i know what offsides is but there's no way i could call it live it's yeah. very 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 impossible for me to call that live so i didn't i wouldn't have never oh. seen it but i was cool with it because i helped my bet um speaking Even of my bet, it's a draw to call it correctly guy just <laughs> it's, true. it's true so is that a push since i i bet um palace and it's a draw so is that a push on my bet not in the not in the way we do it it's, it's a loss a push is a, a, a draw is a loss in ours well we have ties of sports anyways <laughs> that's my so that you should win anyways um uh uh i think the guy that scored i don't know his name obviously but he's a fullback is that right there was a fullback in soccer and in football yeah yeah, yeah. the fullback is a defender a defending position though okay you're talking yeah, about who scored for crystal palace yeah yeah uh no brighton's first goal that was sully marsh no sully marsh is there is um Sully Marsh is a midfielder for them. Oh, I, I I heard something about a fullback. Maybe I was I the guy know. who scored for Crystal Palace is a fullback. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. James Tompkins. Um, side note: I love Palace. The Palace keepers kit. The all pink is is fire. I, I, I like pink in general, and I've not seen an all pink one. <laughs> Makes no sense based off the colors, but. Side note, I side note, I love Palace Keeper's pink kit. Um <clears throat> next note, next note. Sideline sideline bench chairs look like a video game chair. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, like the ones that you buy that gamers would wear. Again, wear gamers would buy to sit in and game. Like that's what first thing I thought of. I didn't really pay attention to that until today. I was looking at the sideline, but those look like those like ones that you'd buy, like gamers would buy. Am I making sense? Yeah, totally. I totally get what you're saying. Like those are like that, that's much better than curved, like a curved a little bit, comfortable. Yeah, those look really comfortable. <laughs> I'm assuming you're one of the four that don't get in. I guess you had a comfortable seat the whole game. <laughs> totally. Um, it's, not, it's not like '80s NBA where they just have the metal folding chairs when you're sitting on the bench. <laughs> totally. <laughs> maybe maybe padding. Um. 
another note I put in, not that it's probably what ever happened, but my note says I think it would be actually fun to go to one of these. I think it'd be wild to go to. Like I again, especially for me who would be just in an, in a world of ignorant bliss, wouldn't be stressed. I would just go for the environment and the beer and oh that that's that that's another question. What's how what's the um alcohol serving at the games? How does that work? Well, you happen to be talking to the right guy because Nate just this past was it October? Yeah, November? October he made the trip for, for about a week. And he went to three different matches and saw a whole bunch of the stadiums. So, Nate, what, what stadium did you do? Home stadium. I went and saw Nick, Wolves. I went and saw Wolves, Wolves at home at Molyneux. I went and saw Arsenal play at Leeds at Ellen Road. And then I went and saw Wolves play at uh, Crystal Palace, actually. That was the home team today, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, uh, they are amazing. And in fact, like obviously seeing wolves play was remarkable and it was a dream come true, but probably my most just straight up enjoyable match was the Leeds arsenal one. Cause I didn't care. And I just got yeah. to enjoy the atmosphere. Um, yeah, I get that. But uh, the beer situation, you can't yeah. have beer in the stands. What? So, you have to drink. I know it's totally anti-American. Or, or Europe would be like, here, just get well, messed up in this. I think part of it, because they celebrate so crazy, they don't uh-huh. want beer in the stands. They're like, dude, you'd get drenched with beer all the time. So, yeah. so you can drink beer in the like concourse. Yeah. Okay. So get there early, get a pie and a pint. So these like, they're basically like pot pies. So buy a pot pie. <laughs> And a pint, eat your pie and pint, then go watch the match. Then during halftime, take a piss, get another beer, and then be ready for the second half. Hot pies and pints. It's amazing. So good. I thought you were talking like literally like, like a pizza. I had not an idea you're going to the pot pie route. No, yeah, that's very British. That's amazing. How is the beer? It was, yeah, it was fine. It was good. I mean, I like. I I'm pretty generous with beers. Like I like to just drink beer. Um, yeah. I don't I prefer, hate on beer. I prefer uh, craft beers, but yeah, the, the beer was fine there. I, I didn't have anything to complain about. Is there American beers and, or what they only they have, or is it a mixture or is it just what they have? I didn't see any American beers there. Okay. So, yeah. Pricey wise. Is it pricey? No, it wasn't. You know? It wasn't too bad. Um, I can't remember, but usually they have deals like maybe five pounds for a pie and a pint. So six, six fifty, seven bucks. So it's it's not inflated. Like, so that's the thing. It might be expensive compared to what a beer and a like snack would cost on the streets, but Uh not compared to the way like stadiums gouge people here. Like that would cost that would cost twenty dollars. Yeah, for sure. Or, or twenty five, right? To get a, a yeah. meal and a and a beer, you're twenty five to thirty bucks. So that makes sense. That, that's actually really nice. Like, I, like Chase feels like twelve bucks for a bomber or whatever is ridiculous. Yeah, that's actually. But I, I I just think it would be. I don't know that I'll ever get to an EPO game. That probably won't happen. But I just think, and the atmospheres that they have, clearly every game I've watched, like it's just wild. And I just yeah. think that'd be as a non-biased person to go in there and, and drink beer and I guess eat a pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's, there's nothing like it. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Like, so amazing. Were all the games you saw, again, I don't know where these teams are. Was it all London-based or? No, no. It was basically all three sections of the country. Like, I saw a London oh. game. Wolves are in the Midlands, like middle part of the country, and Leeds is up north. Sweet. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that's my note. I, I think it's just cool to go. I just think it'd be a cool atmosphere to like experience. Like, I think NASCAR would be fun to go to. I think soccer would be fun to go. Like that kind of soccer. I'm not. I'm not trying to go to the MLS. I could care less. Yeah, but that they, that's they really care about. Totally. That MLS. They, that's like their thing, and I think it'd be fun to experience. Um, I only got one more note, and you can move on. Um. My nose, and this is 
a duh kind of a comment, but goodness, some of the touch, what do you want to call it? Trips. Like oh, you, yeah. Fouls guys, you'd swear, you'd swear he tore his ACL. Is it like, is it like flopping? Is there, they should, did they ever, they should institute flopping. Like some yeah. of these, maybe they're really, I'm not, maybe it hurt. I have no idea, but sometimes just, I saw a guy get tripped today. He was just rolling around holding his knee forever. I'm like, dude, you barely fell down. Yeah. So there's definitely levels to this. So there is a, there is a penalty for flopping in the penalty box. There- if, you're, if you're trying to draw like a penalty in the box, you can get a yellow card for that. Interesting. Um, for faking they call it simulation. Yeah. They call it simulation. <laughs> That's right. Um, but other than that, they are using metal cleats, the metal studs. That wouldn't feel too. So there is, I think, the reality that if you get cranked on your ankle, it's not going to be good. I don't know if. I mean, clearly, there's guys who are milking it, and some of it's strategy to waste time. So if you have the lead, Uh, guys will lay on the ground longer. Now they'll add injury time. You probably noticed that. They still had extra time, anyways. I know, but it never matches. It's all strategy. It's all like an effort to try and like win the match right so but there are definitely yeah. floppers out there i that was my biggest thing on soccer for the longest time was i just thought like oh my gosh get up get up they're getting carted off i'm like that's not that bad i a, i didn't know about the metal cleats i guess that makes sense why would they have rubber cleats anyways and then b i had no idea that soccer had flopping instituted like i did not know that was a thing that actually makes me feel a little bit better about the sport knowing that there's actually a thing they don't just allow these guys to flop around like or simulate now i didn't know that. We, i didn't i had no idea that was it all we need is for you to feel a little bit better about the sport each week and by the end you'll have some <laughs> round trip tickets to london purchased and you'll be going to watch your favorite <laughs> club you know i'm so 50 50 like they're really trying to plan to watch the game don't have time. To, when am I going to spend two hours? And I always wait to like the last day or the day before, the, like the afternoon of the podcast night. And I'm like, I don't have time to do this. I don't want to do it. It's a chore. And then I pop it on and I'm like, okay, it's depending on the match, it's not that bad. Like today, obviously a draw sucks, but it wasn't, it was still an interesting draw, I guess you could say. It wasn't like it was yeah. a boring. Um, I, I'm still, I don't know that I'll ever be a soccer fan, but like I told you before we got on the podcast, before we went live, like, at least when I see stuff, whether it's ESPN bottom line or it's sports center or whatever ESPN app, I see a team name or a score. And I'm like, at least I can like understand what I'm looking at, totally. you know, or I had no clue. I knew like Chelsea and like man United. And that was literally it. Maybe yeah. Arsenal name Arsenal, but I didn't know all these other teams, but now I feel like I'm at least, I'm not going to have a conversation with you about it. I won't know that much, but I, I <laughs> stop and be like, okay, I know who that is. I know that team name. I'm not that dumb, but I'm still fully, m- mostly dumb. <laughs> but you're getting better. Not, yeah, getting better. Not completely ignorant. Right. A little bit, but not as much. Um, but no, that's my that's my takes. I mean, I was hoping for an actual outcome as opposed to a draw, but um, I guess when it comes to draws, it was a good draw because it was still it still has some action. Um, those are my notes. Um, I, I, I won't waste too much on that game but that's 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 what i had for you love it that's more than probably any american podcast will spend on crystal palace and brighton this week so well done we've done it (laughs) Um, i want to tell a little story we have a major storm happening here in phoenix i had to move inside because the wind was so loud and there was just a massive lightning strike and thunder at our house. So hopefully we'll maintain our power here. But um, I want to tell you guys a little story because the story and the whole the whole story matters for the context of what happened this weekend. Um, and I'll do my best to explain it in a way that, uh, Kyle, you can fully understand. We've talked about transfers and how they work a little bit. So hopefully you'll be able to track. Um okay. In January, Wolves targeted this player named Jao Gomez. He's a Brazilian uh, midfielder, young guy. No, no Wolves fans had ever really heard of him, but uh, you know, maybe the really, really intense fans. But 
mostly you get linked to a guy. Then you watch all the YouTube clips and you're like, oh, this guy looks good. Hopefully we get him. So he was on a team called Flamingo and Wolves came to an agreement with Flamingo for the tri- for the transfer and for uh, the personal terms with Joe Gomez. Well, before the deal could get finalized, Lyon, a French club, came in and uh, basically outbid Wolves with Flamingo. And Flamingo went back on their deal with Wolves and said, we're going to sell the player to Lyon. Jao Gomez said, I'm not going to go to Lyon. I gave Wolves my word. I want to go to Wolves. So then for the next like 10 days, this kind of drama unfolds where Flamingo won't negotiate with Wolves anymore. They'll only work with Lyon, but Jao Gomez doesn't want to go to Lyon. He'll only go to Wolves. So full stalemate happens. So Wolves fans start this hashtag free Jao Gomez. They're posting all over the place. It's starting to trend. And finally, uh, Flamingo relents and they transfer Jao Gomez to Wolves. Now, for Wolves fans, this matters because who knows why this kid from Brazil wants to come to Wolves. It's a small club. It's not like we're one of the big clubs. So this kid has immediately endeared his heart to all Wolves fans. Wolves are like, you're a, you're a legend. You haven't even played a match. Like every Wolves fans just love Jao Gomez. So everyone's been excited for him to start. He didn't play in the first match. He's on the bench for this week. And early in the match, uh, Wolves uh, get two yellows. Mario Lamina, Mario Lamina get two yellow cards, get sent off. Kind of ridiculous. I'm not going to go into that, but that's our red card. Mario Lamina, uh, he gets sent off. So Wolves are down 10 men. They're down, a, they're down a goal, one nil. It's looking horrible against Southampton, right? Southampton sucks. They're bottom of the table. Wolves need all the points they can get. Uh, second half kicks off. Nothing really happens. They end up bringing Jao Gomez on. This is out Southampton. Jao Gomez comes on. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Wolves end up scoring a goal. Jao Gomez isn't really involved. Uh, so it's one, one great result. Then, uh, in like the 80 something minute ball comes, there's like a collision of two Southampton players ball comes loose. Jao Gomez comes running up. He gets the ball. He puts a shot on, it gets blocked. Ball comes right back to it. And he puts a bender. <laughs> he bends the shot in side, uh, and scores a goal and just he goes ballistic. The whole thing, all the players go ballistic. Uh, he starts crying, like just overwhelmed with emotion that he scored in his premier league debut. Pedro Neto is who's one of Wolves good young players, but he's been injured. He's on the bench. He comes running across the field, which actually gives him a yellow card. Cause if you're not in the field of play, you can't be there. He comes running across the field, jumps. Joe Gomez is crying. It's just like this, miraculous amazing story that this guy who was already a legend before he even showed up at the club and played a minute scores the game winner in this really important match uh for wolves so he he has solidified himself as a legend for wolves it was a remarkable day and yes immediately after the match i purchased uh, a joe gomez jersey that will be shipped soon from wolverhampton nice it was pretty sweet. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's hard to follow that, but it sounds like I don't know. Where I'm going with this comment. I'm just gonna just sit back and be quiet. <laughs> I mean, imagine. I think maybe the the best equivalent would be you have a you have a a recruit that is going to come to Kentucky. He's about to like, he's about to sign his letter in intent and I don't know, USC comes in and tries to steal him from you. And it looks like it's going to happen. You're super disappointed because this recruit's supposed to be really good. And then 
at the last minute, he's like, no, I'm sticking with Kentucky. And you're like, yes, dude, this guy's coming to Kentucky. We're so excited. And it's the game. And then, but he's like, we don't actually know if he's any good, but we already love him because he like stuck to his word. Uh, even against all odds, he's, he's stuck to his word to come to Kentucky. And so, yeah, like, let's say USC came in with this big, like con- money contract that they were going to give him. And he said, no, I'm going to go to Kentucky and not even take money. I'm going to go to Kentucky because I want to play for Kentucky. He comes then in his first, his first game, he hits the game winning shot. And you're like, yes, it's been like, we do love this guy. We loved him before. Now we really love him. That's like probably the best way. I think that makes absolute, absolute sense. Yeah. Appreciate that translation. <laughs> totally. Well, the other legend is Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris is a absolute legend for Spurs because he has gotten injured and uh, he's out, I think, six weeks or something in our text message thread with Andy. Andy, notoriously uh, not a Lloris fan, but I think without understanding the full context, of his own team doesn't realize how bad backup keepers can be. And uh, so we were giving Andy a hard time all week, just saying, be careful what you wish for. And sure enough, uh, since Lloris has gone out, uh, Tottenham has lost two matches, one in the premier league where they lost four, one to Leicester and then they lost today in the Champions League, one nothing, with Fraser Forrester, mid thirties backup keeper, who now will lead them to the brink of Europa Conference League, seventh place finish in the EPL. The backup keeper is a million percent the same as the NFL backup. You're like, dude. That guy has got to be better. I don't know what the coach sees in our starter. He's got to be better. And then he gets in, and you're like, holy hell. Okay. How is this guy even in the league? (laughs) That's a a backup keeper. That's awesome. There are a few backup keepers who are excellent. They're usually at the the bigger clubs. I think Matt Turner for Arsenal is really good. Kelleher for Liverpool is really good. But for the most part, your backup keeper – is a backup keeper for a reason. Yep. And, and I think the reason that your starter is playing, you know, 95% of the matches. Well, and I think the reality is too, it's not all on the, all on the keeper, right? Like the defense matters. Look at Emiliano Martinez for Aston Villa. He's the keeper for the world cup champion, Argentina, but he's letting in tons of goals for Aston Villa because their defense isn't that good. So soccer isn't quite a, it's not a one-to-one sport. Your keeper matters for sure, but also the players in front of them matter. But um, maybe Emiliano is just trying to lower his transfer fee so he can get out of Villa next year. He does want to get out. He, he's made that. (laughs) So, well, there was some more VAR shambles this weekend. Uh, This time against big, big six clubs. Uh, Chelsea, there was a handball on Socek uh, for West Ham off a shot in the box from, I think, Connor Gallagher very clearly hit his hand, very clearly directed the ball away from goal. VAR said it wasn't a, uh, a handball. They used the excuse that since he was falling to the ground, he was using his hand to like brace his fall. And so it didn't count but seemed like a pretty bad, a bad call that went against Chelsea. Um, Arsenal also had one on, on and off sides. And for Tim's defense, uh, since I make fun of Klopp so often, I figure I should also pick on Mikel Arteta because he also (laughs) is a whiny baby. He is one of the worst guys on the sidelines. Watch him on the sidelines. Have you seen him, Chris? He's the worst. He, I think he's worse than Klopp. Because so like, all right, so Klopp saves everything for post game for the most part, and then he does his whining. But like, 
Arteta's just throwing fits on the sideline. It was one of the things I was on. I was I was on that side of the pitch uh, for the game. I watched Arsenal Leeds, and Leeds fans were just going ballistic about how he acts on the sidelines. So I was able to watch like a full match watching his antics on the sidelines, and it's it's pretty ridiculous. But he he was making comments like, "I want my two points back." Like, I won't be happy until I get my two points back and just whiny baby comments. So, well, in typical, typical Nate fashion here, you also left out the bar ruling against Manchester United. Didn't affect the game. It didn't didn't end up affecting the game, but Wild Whitehorse scored pretty late. That would have put United up 3 0. He got called off sides on and it got reviewed. And the ball never touches the United player. So it was on a set piece. Wow is definitely offside if United played the ball. But it gets kicked in and it goes off of Leeds player's shoulder and then drops down. Wayhorse reaches out, kicks it in. They call them offside. They review it. It clearly goes off of Leeds player, never touches a United player, and still disallowed the goal. Well, this isn't typical Nate fashion because I didn't see that. <laughs> and, it didn't, and it didn't have bear. I think I would have right. seen it that did. bearing on the game. The reason the Chelsea one and the, and the Arsenal one get brought up is because both those games ended in draws and yeah. they would have been goal deciding. So yes. I'm trying to be fair all the way around. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just wanted to throw that big in there. It's fun. No, I, I, I appreciate it. Liverpool with a crucial victory yesterday. The question becomes though, is a victory against Everton <laughs> a turnaround victory or is it just par for the course if you're a part of the league? I, yeah, I think uh, at this point, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're celebrating, especially because it wasn't like it was 1-0. Yeah. Uh, it's probably good for them that it wasn't 4-3 or... You know, yeah, uh, 2-0 is solid, uh, but it is Everton, and they are just complete garbage right now. So It is a derby, uh, derby, so that matters. I'll give that. I think that gives some bonus. I think uh, Mo Salah's scoring is significant. He hadn't scored in a while. Um, the atmosphere, I mean, obviously, we're just watching it on TV, but it was so loud at Anfield. It yes, was – it was – so noticeable. Maybe the microphones are put in the right place. I don't know. But whatever happened, it was very loud and very impressive. So yeah, I think yeah, I think if Liverpool's able to turn it around, uh, I do think they'll look back to this match and uh, as a significant piece. The other thing we have to keep in mind with Liverpool is they're still they still have at least one game, if not two games in hand against most of the teams ahead of them. So though they sit at ninth place, I do think it's a bit deceiving and they haven't played good since the, since the world cup uh, break. But the reality is if they win their next two games, they're going to jump above multiple teams Um they'd be just a point behind Tottenham just sitting out of fifth place with the same amount of, uh, of games played. So um, ninth place probably isn't a fair, a fair spot for them considering they've got a couple games in hand. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, they probably should be sitting in seventh if we're looking at it because Brighton's also got two games in hand too. And Brighton's been playing better than them all season. So, um, but yeah, good, I, good I point. They, they could probably jump Fulham and Brentford with those two games. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like one of those things, like when, when we were younger and Nate, you know how this was, cause we were good friends when we were both younger and Kyle, you and I have been buddies for 15 years or so. And uh, sports hatred is a real thing. And like, like hating different teams and all that stuff. And like, I had a ton of it when I was younger. And I just don't have it anymore for the most part. Like there's still certain teams that I like to see lose, but like when I meet someone or know someone and they're a fan of a team, like I want them to have joy and experience it. And like, 
So even though I should hate Liverpool and they're the scum of the earth and all this as a United fan, like knowing how good of a guy Tim Tim is, I'm like, I want to see them succeed for him. Am I going to cheer for them against my team? Hell no. Um, you know, but like, I don't wish any ill will on him. So uh, hopefully for Tim's sake, things get better in Liverpool. You're a better man than I am. <laughs> I want my friends' teams that I don't like to lose, regardless of who they are. <laughs> my hatred has never ceased. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I had, you know, I had a unique job where I was traveling the country, going to games and stuff. And like when you meet a lot of other fans and get to know fan bases, that can change your perspective a lot too. Um, I will say, and Nate, I apologize, the only one that it didn't work on is the San Francisco 49ers. Your fans are just the biggest assholes, and I just can't stand them. And the funny part is, I actually like adore San Francisco Giant fans. Like, I, you guys are probably some of the best baseball fans there are. Um, so it's, it's weird. Well, speaking of fan, uh, fans that we love, but teams that we hate, we've been doing this post-World Cup mini-league, which we'll just make a quick statement that Wolves now top. They're the best of the worst since the World Cup with 13 points. But it got me wondering who is – well, one, it actually first got me wondering, Wolves are the best of the bottom – but how do they stack up against the rest of the club since the World Cup? So I did a full post-World Cup standings. And Chris, United is at the top of that list. 20 points since the break, plus 10 goal differential. They have moved up from uh, fifth place up to third. And... uh Four points clear of City and Fulham, who are second and third since the World Cup break. So, well done, United. Yeah, I think they've also maybe played more games. I don't know for sure, but I feel like they're playing every three days. Yeah, they probably have. I didn't. I didn't take that much time to to determine those things. But or should um, you? what? Nor should you. No, no. <laughs> um, but regardless, United. Uh, leading City second. I think what surprised me most, Fulham at third, Brentford at fourth, and Brighton at fifth since the break. Um, Wolves coming in at seventh, set there in European Cup form since the break, which is exciting. Liverpool down at 13th, even with yesterday's victory. Um, and as you would imagine, Leicester, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Everton, Leeds, Southampton, Bournemouth at the bottom. I should say, too, Spurs are 12th. Actually, Spurs and Liverpool both have 10 points and both have a negative three goal differential since the World Cup break. I, I want a team that I just – I hate those guys. I want one of those more than I want a team that I really like. <laughs> it usually takes a team maybe, that you like to develop a team that you hate, but maybe you could do it. Very good point. Like I kind of liked Forest to to begin the season, but this weird rivalry has developed between Forest and and Wolves, and now I hate those guys. That makes sense. I haven't found a team. I haven't found a favorite team yet. So that well, you got plenty of time. We'll get there. Yeah, May right? Yeah, you got till May. Almost June. <laughs> well, let's talk about American. I uh some exciting stuff happened this morning somehow yeah. jesse marsh ends up getting a job at southampton and i don't see i i feel like this is the worst case for leads because if somehow jesse marsh keeps southampton up it would more like most likely be at Leeds' expense. And that would just be the worst outcome for them. For Jesse, I think it's like a free hit almost. He goes to a crappy team. If he keeps him up, he'll be a Southampton legend. And 
I think if Southampton's smart, they keep him and let him go down with them. If they go down, which I think they probably will, they let him go down. And I think it would be great for Jesse to be in the championship and get to work out and grow as a manager and see how he could do bringing them potentially back up again in a year or two or three, something like that. So, so good on Jesse for getting, getting a rebound job at Southampton. Fulham's dynamic duo of Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream continue to impress. They got another clean sheet over the weekend. Tim Ream was man of the match, old man river, who we just, who it's like a Renaissance, a Renaissance uh, with him. I don't know what's happened, what happened when they went back down to the championship last year, but he has reinvigorated himself and that team is flying high. It's a remarkable. Is that who Andy talked about like on the U S on the American watch, like early on in this? Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who scored like the oldest American to score. Okay. Or I think that's what it was. Right. Or yeah, that's his first goal at 35. That sounds right. And even though Leeds continue to struggle, uh, Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams, I feel like have been standout. Chris, you've watched them the most over the last yeah. couple of weeks. But Weston McKinney, the reason he's one of the reason he's my favorite American player is well, one, he talks a lot of shit, but he's also like fierce tackler. And I saw him lay out a couple uh, United guys over the last week. So uh i love it he did not just because it's united but i love like his style of play yeah he plays hard and i you know he got he, i think he did get one or two yellow cards in the two matches that they played um there the the highlight is it was so funny and i'll see if i can find the video again um so he made a pretty hard tackle it wasn't that big of a deal but it was a combination of hard tackles that he had kind of had in the match and I think Lissandro Martinez just got pissed and started going after him. Like was walking towards him on the pitch. I don't know if there was like word set or anything, but you see Tyler Adams come running over and grab McKinney and like push him. And like, he's like, no, 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 you get away from, from Lissandro. There's a reason they call him the butcher. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, it's still fun to have Americans in the premier league and the fact sure. that some- Aronson came on late for Leeds and in both those United matches and looked good in his short time that he got. That's good. Yeah. He hadn't looked good for a while and obviously has lost his job to, to Bamford now that Bamford's healthy and back. But the fact that there's three Americans playing on the same premier league team is just, it's remarkable. So that's exciting. That's the coolest nickname, like literally ever. Butcher? That's the butcher. <laughs> That's cool. I just texted you guys a picture that was so unedited. Oh, I saw that. that only great. if there was a butcher playing for the villains. That's like the, the double loss. <laughs> they call him the butcher of Manchester. <laughs> I like it. That's such a great nickname. That's so awesome. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know who he is, but that's a sweet ass nickname. <laughs> well, let's jump to best bet. Um it was another rough week for us. Um, we suck. It was, you know, I wait, put a wait, dollar on it. That brought to you by FanDuel. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> this was one of our longest odd picks of the of the season, though, because I put a dollar on it, and I think I would have won like nine hundred dollars <laughs> had it all hit. So. <laughs> It was pretty long odds this weekend. I think we're going to beat it though. Cause I'm looking at these odds and they are steep. They are steep. Uh, let's see. We'll do a quick rundown of last week and how poorly everyone. Well, most everyone did most everyone. Uh, Someone won. Yeah. Nate, you took West Ham. They lost. Uh, I took Everton. They lost. Kyle well, West Ham didn't lose. West Ham. Uh, the bet lost. The bet lost. Uh, Kyle took Crystal Palace. They drew. So the bet lost. And Andy took Spurs plus 105, and they lost. In fact, they got murdered. So They did. Uh, but the one bright side was Tim stuck his neck out for a friend and took Wolves plus 155. Wolves won as 
uh, Nate gave us the story about Gomes earlier. So congratulations, Tim. You won 155 bucks this week. So uh, here we are looking at next week, obviously, um, Tim and Andrew aren't on. Tim is going back to his roots, taking Liverpool. This time, Liverpool is a pretty big underdog, or uh, at least they have plus odds, finally. So uh, Liverpool plus 180, so Tim can pocket another 180 bucks next week or this weekend. Um, Andrew, he is taking Nottingham Forest against Manchester City at plus 850. That's the get out of the red bet. Um, I, I didn't even get him out of the red because I think he's minus 853. It, I didn't get yeah, him close. It'd be close. It'd be close. Um, I'm taking Fulham plus 400. Uh, they're playing Brighton on the road. I feel like six versus seven. If you're getting plus 400 in that game, you should probably just take that and see how it goes. Nate, you're throwing a bone out there. What are you doing? I, this is not, I mean, I'm doing this for one reason only. I'm taking Southampton over, well, maybe a couple reasons. <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> Southampton over Chelsea. It's at Chelsea. Southampton is plus 800. The primary reason I'm taking this is I'm going all in on the new manager bounce. I'm going all in that this new manager bounce is a real thing. And then with plus 800 odds, it felt like, well, why the hell not? And to be honest, Chelsea hasn't looked that good. So um, again, yeah, they, yeah, they, do I think it's, I don't actually think it's going to hit. I think Southampton is garbage, but the new manager bounce somehow seems to work. And so I'll put fake money on it. I like it. And that brings us to our neophyte, Kyle, who loves to make his pick live. So we have no idea where Kyle's going with this. So what are you thinking this week? I heard you make your pick earlier, and I it, I didn't really take much mind to it. Obviously, I don't know what you're even talking about. And <laughs> I went to um, – let's see here. Brought to you by FanDuel. I looked at the, the, the pick. <laughs> And I made my pick not based off what you said. I was just kind of looking over the games, and literally, I I liked the one that you won. So I I'm gonna roll with Fulham as well. I like the plus the one, right. like the big, big the big the big money. Let's go, baby. Do you think we're yeah. gonna get a cease and assist letter from FanDuel? They're like, please stop using our name with your terrible betting. No, I think if they're smart, they'll they're gonna they're winning <laughs> so much money off of us if people <laughs> actually are taking any of these bets. <laughs> they're, they're they're going they might sponsor us i mean, yeah. I mean it might actually turn into a real sponsorship if they're smart they would if yeah if, if people bet with us the entire season for what we're running uh i mean just on our measly bets that we're doing fandle would be up three thousand dollars <laughs> amazing hilarious full of it is Love Wait, it. what's Fulham? What's Fulham's? Did they have? I know there was no mascots, but did they have a, a whatever? Uh, I That's feel a great like question. Maybe the I could see them being called like the Whites or something, maybe because they're. <laughs> That's oh, you're no, their nickname is the Cottagers. The like, like, like a cottage, like people live in cottages, yeah, yeah. That's kind and of. They, Honestly, that's kind of fantastic. I've never heard of that. I'm not mad they, at that. They do have a mascot. It's Billy the Badger. It's what? Billy Are the Badger. Kidding? It is Billy the Badger. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look that up. Fulham. What's it look like? I think the reason they're called the Cottagers is because their grounds, their stadium is called Craven Cottage. It's probably oh, okay. the coolest. It's probably the coolest uh, stadium. That sounds like a cool stadium, dude. Look it up. It's, Billy, uh, have you seen Billy the Badger? No. Yeah, it looks kind of like the Wisconsin Badgers Badger if he did a lot of coke and was totally. I was just, just gonna say if he was <laughs> mind. It's hilarious. The the Wisconsin Badgers Badger, he's like trying to be tough and like puffing his chest out. And then you look at Billy the Badger and he's like goofy and smiling. His eyes are kind of rolled back on his goofy little head. Oh, it's his so eyes, great. I yeah, think his eyes are quite far apart. 
I think Billy the Badger is going to be in the next, like the sequel to Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Cocaine Badger. Yeah, that had the sequel. Oh, that's so good. God, the goofiest ass looking forced smile ass mascot. <laughs> well, there that's you go, everybody. There is our best bets of the week brought to you by Fanduel. That's my guy for the week. Billy Badger's my guy this week. Billy Badger's your guy. Well, for match of the week, it's not really this week match. It's a makeup match, but hands down, if you have the ability at, I don't know what time that is. It's 1230 Arizona time. I think 130 for you tomorrow, Kyle, uh, to watch Arsenal Manchester City. It's a must watch match. Arsenal number one, Man City number two. I think the winner of this match wins the the league. The winner of this match wins the league. And if they draw, Chris, what do you think? Uh, I think so is a win is a win is what three, three, or five? three points. Three points so to win, Arsenal, one point to draw. Six. Uh, Man City wins or tight. So yeah, that's pretty big, huh? Yeah. It's a big match. Every Manchester United fan is hoping for a draw. A draw leaves the door open for Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah. And, Man, and not a big, it's not a big door, but it, there's a door that's open if they draw. Right. Right. Man City's and my it, guy. Yes. Oh, all yeah. right. In fact, maybe you should watch that match so he doesn't score again to help me out. <laughs> you know that's what friends happen. would do. As a friends I got you. I <laughs> so, got you. Yeah, if there's a draw, it's a. I think it's a race for the top three for sure. Arsenal, City, United. Uh, we could have a really fun race down the line. Um, pretty shocking results the last couple of weeks for Arsenal. I know they got screwed by VAR this past week, uh, but uh, to only get one point out of their last six has opened the door. And so uh, it could be really interesting. Hoping for a draw. Let's go, baby. Draw, draw, draw. Tie, tie, tie. Kiss over the weekend, uh, I think the Brighton-Fulham match is a good one to watch. Six versus seven. We talked about that. Um, I also think, I also think Newcastle-Liverpool is a good one to watch. Newcastle uh, only has one loss on the season. They're in fourth place, but they only have one loss, and that's because they have 11 draws. They can't, <laughs> they can't seem to figure out a way to win. But they also don't lose. So right. Well, it says their defense is so good and their offense is so bad. Yeah. I was so, watch talk watch a bunch of ties. Who, yeah. who, who's, wait, who is this? Newcastle. Newcastle. Don't give, I don't want to watch ties. Don't give me their games. Well, you're gonna eventually. But they're like the '96 Cleveland Cavaliers. They're like winning games like 71 to 73. <laughs> <sighs> With Sean Kemp, probably <laughs> old Sean Kemp, though old Sean not Kemp. not a not a Sonics con- Sean Kemp, but old fat <laughs> version. The kids Sean with, Kemp with Fratello coaching them still. <laughs> yeah, dude, the the deep NBA cuts we have. If if we're talking about NBA things that I know, that means we're going back a long time because I barely <laughs> pay attention to the NBA. That's amazing. Your match this week, Kyle, is actually. Wolves Bournemouth. You get to watch my club play Bournemouth. Uh it's Wolverhampton, right? That's the full Wolver- name. Wolverhampton. But they're uh, not the Wolves. They that's their nickname is Wolves, but they're the Wanderers. Yeah. Wolverhampton Wanderers oh. is a full club name, but their nickname is Wolves. Like most people call them Wolves. Um I like Wanderers. So you'll get to watch the Wanderers. Um and I look forward to hearing your thoughts about Wolves and Bournemouth. Saturday at 8.30. I probably will not be watching that one live, but I will watch it. We know you will. But you don't need Monday to at 1. What's the difference? Damn right. It would be one thing if, like, it were one of us and we're going to know the score as soon as it ends versus, like, I know when you turn on a game, Kyle, it doesn't matter if it's live or three days later. You have no idea what happened. So it's I'm a, I think it's watching it live. Yeah, I might think a three-day-old game is live. Yeah, 100%. Although, get this, you guys think this is funny. So I was watching 
I don't know, ESPN on Super Bowl Sunday, and they had a – it might have been Saturday. I don't know. And the bottom line was going across and it was showing EPL scores. And I knew that my game was uh, – so it was Sunday. It was the day after my game was aired, the Brighton and, and um, uh, Palace game. And I they were showing the scores. I'm like, oh, shit. I can't look. <laughs> I literally I like, turned the channel. Like, I can't be – I can't have a – No surprise. Yeah, it's kind of like when I'm sitting down playing video games and my wife comes in and she's like, "Oh, what game are you watching?" I'm like, "Well, I'm playing a video game. This is not real." <laughs> That's funny. Oh, Jen. <laughs> well, speaking of Jen, it is Valentine's night, so we're gonna we're gonna finish this off. Um, as always, you can follow us at Soccer Neophytes on Twitter. It's basically the only place that we post anything. Uh, you can go to our website if you want, but please rate, review, subscribe to us. Listen to our podcast. That's what we care about most. With that, yeah. gentlemen, good night. Good night. Lasers out, please.